Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't you forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us, too. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And if you're looking for a beachfront home or maybe just a beach home or home at the beach, then the good news is there's a good headline for you over at supertalk.fm. Gulfport has been named the most affordable beach town in America, which I think is pretty cool. So the city of Gulfport has been named the most affordable beach town, according to a new study from Realtor.com. They call them scientists there working for Realtor.com, just doing all these randomized control trials. But with the mean price for a home within one mile of the beach, hey, that's pretty close, being $222,000. I don't think that's bad. And the mean price per square foot within one mile of the beach at $144 a square foot, which is still expensive. But considering we're talking a mile from the beach comparative to what it probably cost in Florida or other places, then you could see where people are thinking that that is um, a steal. Gulfport topped other sandy cities and Corpus Christi, Texas, Grand Island, Louisiana, even New London, Connecticut, and others. And so it's not just about the location to the beach. It also brings in other um places. Because that's what you think of when you think of Connecticut, the beach. The beach. I know. New London, right? Like, it's not old London. It's not preteen London. It's new London. Who knew? I don't know where all these places are. Um, But old London doesn't have a beach either. They just have a river. Which I think, this is true. And I think um, for most of us, that's one of the best kept secrets. I get, you know, if you've just bought, built, or moved here in Mississippi, you probably would roll your eyes at the thought that our cost of living um, has definitely gone up or what you can get per square foot. But coming from other places, anyone who's left Mississippi and then moved back and tried to buy a house, you still can get exponentially more for your money in our state compared to to other places. And I think that's a big draw for uh, for a lot of folks. Yeah, I, you can have a three-bedroom, two-bath house with a nice big living room and kitchen for the same price as a broom closet in new york city right or let i mean absolutely i um i like um house hunters i don't know why because it always amazes me what these folks can afford off of what their jobs are it's just and it's a their mind. budgets are mind-boggling and they're especially they don't fit what they say they do like stay-at-home mom and you know dad and the husband's a ferret wrangler or something crazy yes and their budget's like 1.2 million and you're like where where did Where's it coming from? I don't know. Um, but it's also just a mind-numbing uh, show, too, that's just a joy to put on and sort of see through. And you don't know why, but when you 
start an episode. Then you get committed to their story, and now you need to know which one that they purchased. At least that's sort of how I feel. The closest to getting engaged to a, a house-style show like that, like like actually watching and paying attention and not just having it on as noise, sitting there and watching, the only thing that has caught my attention and kept it was the show about tree houses, yeah. where the dude builds mm-hmm. houses and trees, like mm-hmm. big Tarzan treehouse. And then you wonder, what are you doing with your life to have a fifty, sixty thousand dollars budget for a treehouse in your backyard for your children? It's like I sat on the wrong pew at church. I don't know if my prayers didn't make it up, if my tithing wasn't generous enough. I'm not really sure where I missed the formula. But here we are. And wow, your house and your trees are nicer than (laughs) than the one I call home. But it is it is neat to see. Those particular shows, and then how they um, the are they architect it, and because yeah, they build what I always imagined trying to dream up, trying to build a treehouse as a kid. Yes, like they got the giant tree coming through the middle and the floor, and like all those things you you picture as a kid. Like, oh, I could do that. I just need to get some two by fours. Uh huh, and a little bit more, right? For what they what they do, but. Yeah. Well, there was actually a House Hunter episode from a couple from Louisiana that was moving to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I got completely sucked into into that one as well. And that was something interesting to to sort of watch. And so it's like you want folks to know about it and then respect it for what it offers. But then it's like, again, with like the secret coast, it's like you don't want too many people to recognize it because then. You know, it wouldn't be a secret anymore. It wouldn't be our nice little Mississippi communities. But hey, kudos to them, though. I think I think that's cool um, to be affordable and to be so close to the beach. Another fun headline, not Mississippi related, but if you've got pups, you know that keeping them around as long as possible is something we all try to do. And we have the world's oldest dog is in Portugal and just had a birthday. So to be the world's oldest, to have a Guinness World Record, you always know these things are crazy. What do you think this dog turned? If you've seen the headline, then it's not fair. I'm just thinking of what's an astronomical number divided by seven. Their name is Bobby. Uh, I'm going to guess the dog is 32. Close. Very close. 31. Wow. So the um, it was born, Bobby was born May 11th, 1992. Named the world's oldest dog living and oldest dog ever, which... It's I'm 217 in dog years. Right. Um, and so he lives, he lives in a village with his owner, who is 38. So this owner has literally had Bobby since they were, what, seven? Which I got my first... How old were you when you got your first pet? Like, first dog pet, dog or cat? Like, uh, well, not we had fish. a dog as long as I can remember... Like when growing up, when I was a, a wee wee little lad, we had Liesel, the weenie dog, the Datsun. Mm-hmm. But uh, she passed, and then there were a few years there where we had small animals like gerbils and parakeets and stuff like that. We got at the flea market, and then we got Mandy, the the part Spitz, part cocker spaniel. I want to say I was nine or ten. I was five, and I got cuddles for Christmas. And now we had had a cat, I guess, when I was a little bit younger. But she's oh, – let, let me let me rephrase it. That's the first pet I remember that was substantial in my life, put it that way. And because I think we've all had either like stray, half stray, whatever, like cats or dogs or outside. But if you are, a, if you are an animal lover, 
and you're a current pet owner, then you probably remember when you got your first pet that got you, right? Like that's what, and that was Cuddles and Five. So this one would have been seven if he's 38 and Bobby is 31. So he has basically had Bobby like for his entire adult, I mean, for his entire life. I hope he's a well-adjusted dude because that's going to be tough. Oh, yeah, that's going to be super tough. The cool part is, though, they held um, a celebration for Bobby's 31st birthday. He had more than 100 guests, and he had fans flying in from other countries to hang out with the 31-year-old um, pup. And if you've seen his photo, which I'll try to tweet it out just so you can get a look at him, he, um, he looks tired, but he doesn't look in poor health. But he definitely, um, he definitely looks tired. The oldest dog, um, Cuddles, would have made it. She was 13 as a boxer. And we thought, man, you are, I mean, she was great granny old. I mean, we were ready for her to get some, get oh, some yeah. rest. How long did Mandy live? Uh, 11 or 12 years. Which is a good sort of oh, long, yeah. sort of long duration. Um, she started to get a little arthritis in her hips and stuff, and then she, she passed. Well, I think the, one of the, most unselfish things a pet owner can do is know when the time is come for them to to pass on over uh, the bridge, as they say. But it can be one of the toughest, man. It can it can sting, and if you're walking through that, man, holding space for you for that. But also, if you just got a puppy, hang tight. You can have the next three decades <laughs> with, with that. I think is it birds that live the longest. Uh, yeah. Cats outlive. I mean, turtles live. a pretty long time i mean that's but, a pet but not one you feel like you have i mean you're connected but, i mean i think it. of exotic pets as being like turtles or iguanas or parrots and parrots are the ones you usually hear of that can live longer than some humans like there are some 70 80 year old parrots out there that's crazy who if to think that you'd have to leave your well the queen did the queen left her or her dogs to somebody after after she transitioned so yeah, I forget who that was, but that was that was welcome news that they weren't going to enact the old ways. Not in today's world. You couldn't do that, and that's just awful to think that. That it, river going through old London. Well, no wonder there's so much <laughs> disgruntled spirits left in the in the town. It's all speaking of jolly old England. Did you see the ratings for the coronation over the weekend? It's not something I paid attention to. It was like ten million Americans tuned in. Eighty percent of that ten million, so eight million out of the ten million, were fifty-five and older. Well, that's probably because they so have... out of three hundred and thirty-plus million Americans, less than two million under retirement age paid attention to that. I thought that the best thing was it was when Prince Harry came over solo, and they seemed to snag all the photos of him looking really happy. <laughs> By himself. I mean, it's just one photo out of whatever, but how it can be twisted into a story. All right, we got more good stories for you coming up next. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi.
can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. You can also watch Super Talk TV live on C Spire TV. If you got that, we are on Channel 70, right next to the Weather Channel. Don't forget, too, you can catch good things in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can catch Gerard. He's going to be on the move tomorrow with Middays at Itawama Community College in Fulton for the 2023 spring graduation. You'll get to hear all about the great things going on at ICC. So that's Middays live at Itawama Community College coming up tomorrow from 10 to 1. Over on the ceasefire text line, you guys are uh, buying into this um, Bobby being the puppy that, well, he's not a puppy, he's an old dog now, uh, being the oldest alive at 31. No, he's come back around. He's a puppy. He has come back. He's definitely come back around uh, with them. And someone sent the sweetest photo of their uh, Shorky. Is that how you say it? Shorky? Uh, Brownie, a Shih Tzu Yorkie mix who lived to be 20 years and eight months, which I think is absolutely wonderful. You got two decades with your fur baby. And then Bobby and Hazelhurst reminds us turtles can live to be over a hundred years old. Man, they would, if you, if you legit had like a, tur- a family turtle, that matriarch would make it through what, like two generations? Maybe possibly sort of, sort of three. Depends on what kind of turtle it is. Like if you were really brave and you had a pet snapping turtle, like the alligator snapping turtle. Mm hmm. They can live to be almost 200. That's crazy. I remember in elementary school, the the guy came to school with a giant, I think it was a boa, it wasn't an anaconda, a boa and a big cooler, mm-hmm. and pulled it out and had all the kids line up and help hold it. But he also had an alligator snapping turtle with him. And bear in mind, this was early 90s, but that snapping turtle in the early 90s was alive during the Civil War. That's it's just mind-boggling to sort of think about. And then, because, you know, you read, if you read your Bible, you read all these folks that make it like 100, 200, 500 years, and you have to think like, oh, they just had different uh, metric systems back then. And then you're like, well, maybe they're, That's in, some of it. Maybe they're in turtles' years. I don't know. Like Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe Methuselah was actually a snapping turtle. <laughs> I would read that children's book. <laughs> Oh, don't ban us. We're <laughs> we're just having uh, we're just having a little fun. We're also having a lot of fun over on the Good Things Facebook group. If you are on the Book of Faces and you need something to just light up your news feed from time to time, then you need to join our group. Uh, Rhino and I work hard to keep all the riffraff out, and then also um, only post good, positive, uplifting stories about our state and people um, in it uh, when we find those throughout the interwebs. And two, every now and then we'll just have fun conversations and so i came across this one on another feed and i saw it uh, pick up a lot of steam because it was just so much fun and we all love 80s music for some reason you don't have to even be born in the 80s or to be from the 80s rhino and i would have been babies in the 80s but we still love for whatever reason 80s music has just lasted not so much lasted where you necessarily listen to it on repeat like you may have in the in the 80s or 90s but you know them somehow you just know those songs and then you've got kids like my daughter 10 sometimes if a song comes on like she just knows it especially like some of madonna's most popular more popular um radio stuff and i'm like who indoctrinated you with 80s music (laughs) i mean it's (laughs) but but in fairness it's you know a lot of commercials or a lot of like in um in movies i mean the 80s is just sort of stuck with the you know with the times 
And they really liked the word girls. There was the girl or girls was almost in every title. Not every. That's painting with a broad brush. But felt like it. Feels like it. Like the word girl or girls was highly prevalent. I bet if you tried hard enough, you could fill a list with 50 songs just from the 80s with the word girl in the title. So the challenge is you replace the word girl with squirrel in your favorite 80s either title or lyric or whatever it may be because it it hits different. (laughs) This is what we need AI for. We need AI to go back and change out all the cheesy 80s music videos and insert squirrels. But have them actually singing and dancing but singing it. Like, um, I want Jesse's squirrel, you know, Jesse's squirrel. And then all the <laughs> squirrels just want to have fun. <laughs> they do. They really do. They just want to have fun. Squirrels just want to eat, collect their whatever, store it up for winter, and then have a blast, um, have a blast doing it. I feel like you are our historian when it comes to 80s music rhino did you google this or these all just come to your mind the ones that you posted the ones i put in i was just thinking like and the only thing i googled was if i thought of a song i would type in the the name just to make sure that it was in the 80s because like you said i I was only around for half the 80s I, i came in halfway through and lived through the last half of it but it was a big influence on on my childhood because my older brother's 13 years older, I remember riding to preschool in his old 80s Mustang listening to White Snake. Probably wasn't supposed to be, but that kind of. So, 80s music, I have a, a nostalgia for it that I probably didn't earn, but it's still there. And I, I, I didn't want to jumble it up because the early 90s kind of blends into the 80s with me sometimes in a timeline. And then there was one song I found that was actually in the late 70s, so I put it as an honorable mention. But yeah, these were all just. I sat there and thought about it for a second, but the first one that came to mind was Foreigner, <laughs> Waiting for a Squirrel Like, like you. you. But you have to be able to sing it, right? Oh, Material Squirrel. By Madonna. <laughs> material Squirrel. Yeah, her life went squirrely, that's for sure. But Or Stevie Wonder from uh, Songs in the Key of Life, That Girl Turns into That Squirrel. John and Hardman, didn't Ozzy bite... The head of, I think that was a bat. Yeah. On stage. Which is like a flying squirrel, kind of. But yeah, that was, that was Ozzy. And that was just one of the many. Well, the, the full story behind that is he always had a prop. What did you need to know? Well, he had a prop. It was always a prop. A plastic squirrel, or not squirrel, plastic bat. (laughs) Bite the head off, throw it on stage. Until, apparently, according to legend, one night a bat flew onto him and he grabbed it thinking it was the stagehand throwing the prop to him and uh, decapitated it. Boys and girls, this is your brain on drugs. These are the things that... That's what happens when you do those things. (laughs) They should have that as the commercial instead of the eggs. This is... (laughs) Just have Ozzy trying to say the words, this is your brain on drugs. It would take the full 30 seconds. Uh, She's a rich squirrel. By Hall and Oates. My 13-year-old knows so many 80s songs. Mine, too. Girls were on our minds in the 80s. Bubba from Meridian Class in, class in 81. Apparently so. Mike from Wesson. Fat Bottom Squirrel. 
I wish I could sing. I can't sing it the same way as I know some of the other ones. But well, it's I, tough to imitate. I hope accurate. yes, and I, but I hope it's in your head. Like I hope that you're having a good time thinking about it. Uh, Foreigner wanted to know what love is. Molly Cyrus, oh Montley Crew. That's not Molly. Cyrus. That was a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> Molly Cyrus wasn't. Now I want the AI to mash that up. Molly Crew. It's Miley Cyrus leading Molly Crew. Uh, you know what? There are some days she could do it, I think. I feel like. Squirrels, squirrels, squirrels. Squirrels, squirrels, squirrels. <laughs> uh, some days you just need. Squirrels just want to have fun. And I think it's, it takes a little load off all the. All that's weighing you down is to think, number one, just thinking about 80s music. For the most part, it was just good music, like fun music. Like it, I'm sure there was some a little bit of sadness in there, some some stages, but it wasn't heart-wrenching. It wasn't... Well, it was, was the, the era of the power ballad, where you had all these rockers that then, in order to appeal to the softer side of their fan base... You'd have on one album as hard as they could possibly rock, and then the next song would be them with an acoustic guitar trying to play a love song. Well, I could see the love song part, but not like love songs is what you would think boys to men or some of the country well, no. love songs. And then it wasn't about like how hard life is. Like they just allowed you to enjoy the moment or just have a good time it did paint the picture of you know what is it um whatever rock and roll drugs sex and rock and roll like they definitely painted a, a picture of a life that's not realistic and it's sort of a fantasy tale but and sometimes you just want the entertainment to take you out of reality it doesn't have to be so as as you see it i think the 80s just did a good job of having fun maybe too too much fun because then came the whole sappy 90s you know, the whole grunge, I hate life. Well, the 90s wasn't movement. that bad until boy bands came along. This is true. And then they just completely ruined music. Kiss the squirrel. <laughs> Uptown squirrel. Oh, see, here we go for the next 60 seconds. You get to sing in your car and replace the word girl with squirrel. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to Earth Third Rock from the Sun. 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also stream us from the Supertalk Mississippi app, and you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you know here we love all things NASA's Dennis Space Center. They're always up to some cool and good things. I don't know if they're sending any squirrels to space, but maybe we can ask somebody that would know. We've got Briley Tyree. He is a NASA's Dennis test conductor and engineer, and he was not geared up to probably talk about squirrels. But hey, Bradley. Hey, Rebecca, how's it going? By any chance, were you listening before you hopped on with us right now? I caught the commercial break right before I joined. <laughs> so we were talking about our, uh, changing our favorite 80s uh, music with the word girl with squirrels. So we've been having a lot of fun with that. And so it just led right into squirrels going to space conversation now. So I didn't want you to think we were totally crazy <laughs> uh, around here. But you guys had a really busy day yesterday. Y'all tested the RS-25 engine like you have done before, gearing up uh, for the big, I guess, launch or whatever it may be. And so this is a big deal so what's it like the day after you guys sort of calm down are you still busy as bees oh no so it's been a really busy couple of weeks and like you said yesterday we tested uh the rs25 for the this is the eighth test in our 13 test certification series and the day after feels a much like the day of um there's lots of data review that happens and of course of course on test day you know some things tend to break and so you got to fix those things that are you know presented themselves on test day so no it, it there's no slowing down we, we still got a really busy next few days to, to get ready for the weekend all right bradley let's catch everybody up on the rs25 engine what is its importance and significance there um, and stennis's sort of responsibility with it there at the at the space center Sure. So the RS-25 engine, uh, there are four RS-25s that power the space launch system. Um, I'm not sure if you got a chance to catch the launch last year, uh, but we, we had a really successful launch. And so we're continuing to test the RS-25s to continue the SLS mission for uh, Artemis. So we've got you know several more Artemis missions planned to eventually get us back to the moon. Which is super cool to think that, you know, we can always put a squirrel in there. Maybe that's how we get a squirrel space. I'm, I'm going to bring it back around to that. But, <laughs> but no, okay, so you have a cool job, um, Bradley. You are a test conductor. I mean, I know that's probably a, a five pages of what your job description actually is, but how do you explain to people what you do there at Stennis? Sure. Um, yeah, so yesterday I actually was the test conductor for yesterday's test. Um, so the test conductor is the person in the seat that gets to hit the button that that turns the engine on. You yes. Know? So <laughs> it, it's a pretty big job. You've got to coordinate through you know dozens of different teams of people, and and you've got all these operations happening on the stand, and you've got engine folks, and you've got data folks. So so it's a pretty big deal. Um, it's a lot of responsibility. It's very nerve wracking. It's very stressful, but at the same time, it's really rewarding. Um, you know. Uh, <laughs> I can't. It's hard to put into words. It's it's. You get the adrenaline rush and you get the goosebumps all day. It's so a lot of fun. There really of, is just one button. Is it red, Bradley? Is there just one red button? I have to tell you that it is red until you press it and then it's green. I love that. You're just bringing all of my fantasies <laughs> to life here with like being able just to push the button and then you know control all of that but there's got to be a lot of pressure with that so how do you handle that how do you stay calm cool collected because you know I'm, I'm making light of it but it's a big deal to be able to control all of that so how are you trained in that oh it, it's it's months and months of training and and paperwork and you know it, it's a lot like studying for finals in school you know so 
you spend a few days going over everything and, and going over every scenario in your head, like, oh, if this happens, this is how I'm going to respond. And if this person needs to do this at this time, this is what I'm going to tell them. So yeah, I guess it's a lot like that. It's a lot like preparing and, and sleepless nights and tossing and turning. It, it's a lot of adrenaline, and it's just a lot of responsibility and a lot of stress. Well, you but, you make it sound like it's a great job, but it sounds like a lot of fun. How did you even get in into this track, like on this track, to be able to be a test conductor there at NASA? I feel like, you know, I just went in the wrong route in life. I should have been something to do with space as much as I enjoy it, maybe in my next lifetime. Um, but but how did you find yourself on the life track for being a professional there at Stennis Space Center? It, I, I would I hate to say pure luck, but that's how it feels. Um, I graduated school and, and got an, I was actually interested in airplanes throughout school. I graduated from Mississippi State with a, a bachelor's in aerospace engineering, and I was fascinated by airplanes. But I, th- there happened to be a job opening here at Stennis Space Center in the mechanical test ops group um, over at E-Complex, which was working on some, some private industry rocket engine testing. And I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. Let me go check that out. Um, so I applied and I, and I got the job and I started working and from there I started to see all the different roles that go into play for testing the, the engines and I was like fascinated by the test conductor role and the transfer engineers and I was like whatever I have to do to get into that seat I'm going to do it so I put it to the you know I put, put my mind to it and, and just started working started uh, studying and, and, you know, becoming familiar with all the processes and trying to be the best I could be, learning all that I could. And you had a great role model because you're not the only one in your family tree um, that has worked there. Tell, me, tell us about your grandfather. That's correct. So my great-grandfather, Sidney Best, um, he worked started at or he worked at Stennis Space Center in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s um, working on the B stand as a mechanic working on the space shuttle main engine. Um, and I've got lots of pictures of him, you know, working on the engines. And I've actually worked with some folks out here that, that were around when he was around. And that's really crazy to think about, you know, how much history and how much knowledge is, is in the, the staff out here at Stennis Space Center. It's really impressive. And, and it's cool to work with people that, you know, knew my great-grandfather that those years ago. So, yeah, so I've got some, some family history out here. That's pretty cool. And so I guess for the parents listening who have kids or grandkids who are interested in STEM and all things sort of uh, mathematics, I guess there is a scenario that you actually use calculus after you graduate college or oh, high school. I- Sorry, sorry to tell the the kids of those parents, but yeah, you you actually get to use it. What about algebra? <laughs> oh yeah, there's plenty of that. You, you you actually have to use it. Sorry, sorry to tell you. Sorry to burst your bubble. Like lots of lots of people say, oh, you'll never use this after school. That's just not true. Unfortunately, <laughs> I was looking forward to it. <laughs> so for those parents that may have kids that are very interested, like I feel like what you do is super cool, and more kids need to know about these opportunities that are right here in Mississippi or where STEM can take them like you think about you know being able to work for nasa is not not something that's achievable or attainable but it is and so there's lots of open door opportunities uh that you know within there not just test conductor or pilot or whatever how would you encourage them to just learn more about the opportunities in stem oh absolutely I, i think the biggest thing is to try and realize what's around you like i was born in picayune which is just a few miles away from stennis space center and with the exception of having my great-grandfather work out here, I wasn't really tuned in to all the different work that was going on out here. So I think it's important for, like, 
kids interested in STEM coming up that mo- there's so much that's applicable that you may not realize. Um, so so get, get out there, you know, get on Google, do some research. I promise there's something probably a lot closer than you think. You don't have to travel really far to, to kind of accomplish those goals. So how many more tests are you guys going to do on the RS-25 engine before the main mission? Or is that like a hard question to even answer? Um, well, we're always testing different parameters and trying to meet different objectives. So, you know, for this specific certification test series, we've got five more tests planned. Um, and then we'll swap out and start testing another RS-25 engine with maybe some different hardware and try some different test requirements. Um, and we'll be continuing to test that for the next few years at least. Uh, we've got several years of tests planned. Do they know when, is there like a date or a year that's projected for the big launch, like for the actual mission to to the moon or Mars or wherever it is? Um, I think they've changed the date a little bit just based on, you know, of course, launch data that we get back and we're going to change objectives and change plan dates. So I don't think, I, I can't give you anything concrete No, right that's now. fine. So what you're telling me is there's still time we can get a squirrel on there. We can <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a whole team of squirrels. <laughs> you know, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry you walked into that conversation, Bradley, but I do truly appreciate your time. Is there anywhere people can go if they want more information on what you guys are doing there at Stennis or all things RS-25 engine? Oh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, NASA Stennis Space Center is all over most social media, so I'm, I'm sure you can find plenty of things out there. Has anybody ever told you, Bradley, that you look like Goose from the new Top Gun Maverick in your photo? No, 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 they haven't, but I am taking that as a huge compliment. <laughs> it's the first thing I thought of when I saw your photo. I was like, oh, he could be in Goose's family tree. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you. All righty. Well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate everything y'all are doing there um, at Stennis. And so, yeah, I pre- thank you. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It was a pleasure. All right. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, you going to take me home tonight. Oh, down beside that red firelight. Oh, you going to let it all hang out. Fat bottom squirrels, they make the rockin' If you are just tuning in, <laughs> I have not fully 
half off my rocker? I'm only half off my rocker. But we're having a good time today here on uh, Good Things, taking our favorite 80s songs, which Rhino is always on point with working the music into the show, and replacing the word girls with squirrels. And it's just an opportunity to lighten whatever load you may be carrying and get in a little giggle. And sometimes we need that in our day and we need to think back and you can add that layer in of two of now seeing your favorite 80s song putting yourself either at the concert or watching the actual music video on MTV and then thinking about your favorite artist singing these songs you know at their whatever but with the word squirrels and it's just the 80s I just want two squirrels they can they can have dreadlocks or not I just want them to lip sync (laughs) squirrel you know it's true it's really funny. And then we didn't even think about, like, Ray and Lone Beach, brown-eyed squirrel, which I've never thought about what color squirrel's eyes are. I think they're... I think they're beady little black eyes. <laughs> they're beady little black eyes. And then um, Kiss's first song was... Oh, the best. You were talking about something else. Who said it was a um, Tim McGraw song? Don't take the squirrel. Don't take the squirrel. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that was in the 80s or not, but we I won't we, say that was the we will allow you to expand past the 80s genre or the 80s decade if needed to have a little fun with um, it. Can you think of any other word other than because it feels like girls was very overused or girl in songs or still kind of is, I guess, to some degree. One that come, would come up that much that you could replace it with something, and it would be add the same. Sort I think of that's comedy. the double whammy is because squirrel rhymes with girl, so it, it's even more fun. Like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because I'm sure there's countless songs out there with the word love in it, but I mean, then what do you replace it with? Dove. Well, dove already kind of has associations with love. Next time, replace rock with sock. I don't know how many songs have rock in it, but. That would be, might be funny. You're right. It kind of, it's kind of the same song from Queen. We will, we will sock you. (laughs) We will, we will rock you. It's kind of the same thing. Oh, yeah. I guess so. That a little bit would be fun. But the squirrel and the girl thing is a hoot just because, too. And maybe it's just me, but I have this affection for squirrels, right? Like, I know you may hunt them and you may, whatever. But, um, but you still like, they're, I know they're not cuddable, lovable little things. They're fierce and ferocious. I mean, they can be. But they appear to be. We have we have sort of Disney-fied them, I think, in some way. And I, so I see them dressed up singing. Like, I almost think of them as, like, the chipmunks, third cousin removed. And so you can actually, in your childlike mind, envision there being a trio of, twirl, of squirrels up there on the stage, like, giving a good whirl and putting squirrel in the girl's place because they're in love with the squirrel, with the squirrel, don't take the squirrel. You know, and the whole like getting very emotional about it, and it's <laughs> squirrels just want to have fun and seeing them having a good time. You got a guitar made out of a walnut, yeah. drum set made out of pecan shells. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. You know, I had a cheerleading routine to that uh, song back in the day. That goes to show you how long ago that one was. But that would have been fun to me. Squirrels, squirrels, squirrels. <laughs> and then you just can't get it you just can't get it out of your your head now you're now you have to sort of think about it um in sort of that way when you think of like 
80s or rock music, you also think squirrels just sort of have that, I don't know, they fit. Is there another animal that fits? To rock music? Kind of. Well, I keep thinking about, and maybe it's just because Guardian of the Galaxy is like the new movies out, and you've got, uh, what's the full? Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon, and he's not a squirrel, but he's a raccoon. But I could see raccoons being kind of gangster, although rock and roll music's not gangster, but just a little bit of an edge. Tougher. Tougher, a little yeah. more of a personality. But also have a softer side. You sort of see that with squirrels. I could see cockatiels being really into rock music. Because are they the ones they, that they, They're the their ones head? that have the, the mohawk of feathers, and they do bang their head and bounce up and down. So now we just need to build out our own little wildlife band the animal kingdom band the animal the, yes i feel like that would that would definitely be you know kind of like a sing but not i don't know <laughs> see now i'm going down a rabbit hole i'm like okay for expanding out of the 80s you got the what was it no doubt in the mid 90s with i'm just a girl but it could be i'm just a squirrel i'm just well you know what you leave it to today's whatever we may <laughs> that may be a headline <laughs> You know, I don't put anything past it. I'm just a squirrel. Oh, I don't want to leave the squirrels. Y'all stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. You got the boys with Sports Talk from 3 to 6. And Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Good things Talk Mississippi Media Production.